War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401 401- 885-4209 in Massachusetts you can reach them at 508-252-3359 propane heating and cooling it's propane plus their team's been there three generations they're available 24 7 for service and delivery and they plan on serving you for a long time to come they offer online billing ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button and remember all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment it's propane plus and remember with propane it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and now it's renewable call propane plus today at 401-885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com propane plus call them 401-885-4209 you're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. It is Friday. This portion of the program, well, visit the website, dePietro.com, which is brought to you by the Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. A great meal is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Check out dePietro.com. And, folks, from what I understand, word is starting to leak out now. Now, think of this. Today is Friday. It is July 22nd we are in the middle of this uh, ongoing heat wave but if you check out the website to petro.com one of the reasons why i encourage you is so we posted the story that from what i understand word is now starting to circulate out there that the cumberland police have issued a final update as to what happened in cumberland and if you go to petro.com you're going to see that we posted this story on July 10th, Sunday, July 10th, and that is that it was a tragic murder-suicide with the home of Eric and Courtney Hurd, that he, in fact, shot and killed his wife and then turned the gun on himself. And as we report, there were two gunshots apiece. Um, It is a devastating story. I I have held back on officially talking about it because I've given the Cumberland Police Chief Benson enough room to conclude. But as we had posted, um, it was a a tragic, tragic murder-suicide. Horrible. And it is my understanding, as we've reported, and I'm going to stand by that, that what has taken so long is just the fact that, and you don't know what goes through someone's mind, Eric heard that they... They both had two gunshot wounds apiece, and thus the police were just making sure that it all um, was what it initially seemed like. But because there were two gunshots wounds, that's what it was. So that it is. The police are now confirming <clears throat> almost almost two weeks later what we had posted on July 10th. I know it was a very thorough investigation by the Cumberland Police Department with assistance from the Attorney General, State Medical Examiner Office, and so forth. Again, folks, this is uh, horrible, even those three children behind. There's other parts of the story that, for now, we're going to just let sit there. We are still investigating. There's someone that I would certainly like to talk to. Um, some uh, marital trouble between the two. Kind of read between the lines. One person was the aggressor towards the other. Um, There is a male that we would certainly like to talk to that seemingly uh, had gotten to know Courtney very well. But for now, we're going to leave the story as is. And again, just as we had um, reported to you, it was just um, unfortunately, and, and it was, there was a lot of speculation because both had two gunshots. Because both had two gunshots, wounds, um, that's why seemingly there was a lot of speculation. The, the bottom line regarding the uh, 
shooting, double murder, murder-suicide, is there'll be no arrest in the case. And that's what we'd want to stress. There was a lot of uh, speculation out there that there could be an arrest coming. And I'm, uh, I felt confident on why we posted that on Sunday, July 10th, saying there would be no arrest, that it was a tragic murder-suicide. And the Cumberland police on this Friday, July 22nd, have now come out and officially confirmed what we reported then, which was just that, that the, there would be no arrest. And, um, and it was, as we had said, <clears throat> a tragic murder-suicide between the couple with the husband. And again, you don't know what goes through someone's minds. There was some kind of a marital dispute. I obviously know a little bit more than, um, than what I'm going to share at this moment. There is someone we would like to speak to here. But we're going to leave that uh, for now. And now there are three children um, who lost both parents on that fateful night. I know it's been, um, I know it's been very, very difficult for for their families, uh, losing both of them in such a, a manner, in such a, um, a violent manner, as a matter of fact. So um, we're going to, um, we're going to. Hold off on on anything more on that other than just the police are releasing information under the final conclusion of the report. They said it would be later in the month. I thought it might even go into August, but here it is that they have released it. Now, folks, regards to a lot of talk about um, the J6 hearing last night. um, Listen, I'm going to come back to what I said was you had a lot of people that were upset. A lot of people who who um, don't acknowledge how, in many ways, the system is gamed. You don't have to look any further than here in, in well, both in, in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. A lot of people in Massachusetts that have summer home with ski homes in New Hampshire vote in New Hampshire. So that's wrong. That shouldn't be going on. That shouldn't be allowed. Um, and in New Hampshire, you know, that if, if New Hampshire vote was legitimate, President Trump won, won New Hampshire. That that practice should be stopped. The reason being, they know some people vote twice, but other other people, they know that the Democrats going to win Massachusetts. So then they just choose to vote in in New Hampshire, which tends to be more of a swing state, a battleground state. Now in Rhode Island, I don't even have to get into the fact that the elections were compromised quite some time ago between the. Um, the amount of illegals that are allowed to vote, and people don't like to focus on that. You know, I want to remind people, there are people in the media that don't even want to, local media, they don't even want to acknowledge that there are, whatever term you are comfortable using, it all means the same thing. Illegal, undocumented, whatever. We know that Lieutenant Governor Matos likes to say, they're, no, they're Rhode Island. No, they're not Rhode Islanders. They're people from foreign lands who happen to come, and they're allowed sanctuary in the state of Rhode Island, in the city of Providence. It should not be allowed. And they're voting. And I'm not saying they're going to the polling place. I'm not even saying that they are, uh, you know, adamantly voting. I'm not even saying or, or making the accusation that they are purposely voting. Their information is taken and a vote is cast in their name by the campaigns. As I've explained, there's no mechanism in Rhode Island to determine hey, wait a minute, that person isn't a citizen. They all like to point to, oh, if you check this box, you do so through penalty of perjury. And as I've said in the past, in the past 25 years, no one has ever been charged or convicted with that. It is a statue with no teeth. It's a law that's not enforced. Therefore, they game the system. And all these ballot box drops, a ballot drop boxes that are everywhere that's all done to game the system so did things get a little rowdy on january 6th it probably did and it probably got a little more out of control and but as i've i've kind of said in the past sometimes if 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 on that day that caused someone like a david cicilline to get a little bit nervous then you know maybe think twice about some of their actions all of this story the the business of 
um, uh, that they have been, um, you know, somehow thwarting democracy and everything else. Folks, early voting starts August 24th. And notice the entire campaign is now built around collecting votes. I'm seeing now others. Authorities say Cumberland couple died as a result of an apparent murder or suicide. All right, so now the other media is starting to pick up on it. Um, yep. I, I want to commend Chief Benson. He and his staff, they did a very good job with the, with the story. That was not an easy investigation. I'm seeing now that other news outlets are starting to pick up on our story. Okay, there it is, as first reported by DePetro.com on July 10th. I, I got to admit, it is. it did take longer for the rest of the media to catch up. But, folks, many of you that listen to the program know, I mean, it is the 22nd. All right, so it is a full, right, it is a full 12 days. Almost would be 14 on Sunday. But anyhow, um, the important thing is that that story has reached its conclusion. But the people that are screaming about J6 don't seem to be concerned about if our democracy is truly being served, which it is, which it is not, by the way in any stretch so they can make a lot of noise about it all right so things got a little rowdy um seemed a little chaotic at the white house there have been other situations you know one of the reasons why people that watch it um don't get that upset is simply because they um are finally um there you know everyone saw what happened the summer of 2020 and what really happened was a group of people got very upset they didn't burn the place to the ground they didn't loot uh the the only person that would that died that day through an act of violence was that was um <clears throat> was the one protester who you know who was then shot by capitol police and that is the the only individual so all these other deaths that did not happen that way. I think some of the footage they show inside that I noticed they're not showing uh, many times when they got into the Senate chamber, you see that, you know, they were peaceful. And if, the, if we want to follow their logic, it was Ashley Babbitt was the only one that was shot and killed that day. The, uh, the, the veteran who was inside. But you go into the Senate chamber, if we want to use their logic, it was mostly a peaceful protest, most of mostly peaceful protest, by and large, when you have that large number of people, it comes down to less than 1% of the crowd. You had some people that were probably a little rowdy, upset, um, and, and Capitol Police didn't deserve that, and they were caught in a tough situation. But, but they watched a summer where people could basically defy the law and not be challenged on it, not be held accountable on it, and um, and get away with it. And then suddenly when they get upset and want answers and don't feel they're getting, you know, straight answers on this, I, I also want to interject, I, I think it was a mistake by Rudy Giuliani, um, Sid Powell, and, and, and others to, to go after the business that there was the machines like changing the votes. I've never thought that that is how it was done. I have been very adamant and consistent in saying it comes down to who's allowed on the voter rolls in Rhode Island. There's there's no checks and balances with the voter rolls. Once you're on the voter rolls, you are you are in. So this business of people, you know, you go to the board of elections, they do a demonstration and show how, you know, the machines are counting all the ballots properly. I have no doubt that if they say, just as an example, there's, you know, 900 votes, I, there's no, I don't have any reservations that then if they check it, they'll show 900, you know, pieces of paper, quote, ballots, votes. What I'm questioning is how many of the people that were legally allowed to vote actually should have been on the voter rolls. And notice, you know, Nellie Gobe has played fast and loose with the voter rolls. They're overstuffed. Here's the part that a lot of people just don't seem to comprehend. If you take someone who's in the country illegally and they're living in Providence, keep in mind in the census, 60,000 illegals are living in Providence. Are we to believe that? So none of the 60,000 voted. Does anyone really believe that? Uh, they're 35% of the population of Providence. But stay with me. 
So what no one is absorbing is the fact that once someone registers the illegal as a Rhode Island voter, there's no checks and balances to kick them off the voter rolls. They're on. Their information is on. What the campaigns do is they register people to vote. Then they, they like own them. It's like their case. They're like caseworkers. So now they have their information. So it's very easy for them to fill out some kind of a, a, an early ballot, and then they drop it in a drop box. The person that came here, I don't think, you know, I don't think they care. Maybe they gave them a gift card. They sent them on their merry way. I don't think it's something that they're concerned about. All they know is that the, the person that had them give them their information, they're not going to be deported, and then they just go off on their merry way. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Everything available, annuals, perennials, trees and shrubs, hanging pots, 10-inch, 12-inch moss baskets, hanging impatience, large selection, beautiful patio pots, vegetable plants and herbs, Tropical mandevillas, hibiscus plants, screen loom, mulch are available, pickup and delivery, mulch, dark piney, black, hemlock, crushed stone, full-scale nursery, everything you need to make your home a showstopper. They're open seven days a week. Gift certificates are available. Look for them on Facebook. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Again, though, folks, the, me- the rest of the media now on this Friday, uh, July 22nd, is starting to now go with the story that we revealed uh, basically almost two weeks ago, and that is that the situation in Cumberland was a tragic murder-suicide. All right, much more ahead on this Friday on the John DePietro Show. The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care, urgent health care facility, providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families, specializing in ambulatory medicine, diagnostic treatment service, AtMed Urgent Care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals. They're a cost-efficient health care alternative to hospital-based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions. You, someone in your family suffering from COVID, you want to go straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, Johnston, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road, online at atmedurgentcare.net. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Folks, joining us on the right now right now on the air, we've had him in the past. He has a book. He was an advisor to the president, a man that in some ways almost needs, needs no introduction. It is the one and only Peter Navarro. Peter, it's the John DePietro Show. Welcome back, Peter Navarro. John, it's uh, really great to be back with you today. Uh, how are things going in uh, Rhode Island? Well, Rhode Island and Mass uh, continue to be blue, but there's always optimism with the uh, the rest of the country. So, Peter, if you don't mind, if you'd like to just, I'd like to start, just get your thoughts on the contempt trial uh, as far as the jury selection with uh, Steve Bannon that began. Well, that's the last thing I, uh, I can talk about. Oh. Uh, as your listeners may know, um, I'm facing a... Um, misdemeanor <laughs> which carries with it a two-year prison term i've already been putting leg irons and uh my attorneys uh do not want me discussing other cases but okay. i'd be happy to talk a little bit about um the circumstances that led to uh to my situation okay which uh which are more i think might be interesting yeah no definitely talk about if you don't mind peter that was so over the top with the leg irons and the way they that you were uh, taken into custody. Well, I think I think that's the correct word, over the top. And you have to um, step back for a minute and, and and go back to when I was in the White House. I, I served. Uh, in fact, I was one of only three 
White House officials who was with the president all the way from the 2016 campaign to the uh, end of what we love to call his first term. Um, and he, I look, humbly, uh, I did uh, save American lives because I was one of the uh, guys in the White House early on who recognized the seriousness of the pandemic and, and uh, motivated uh, the White House to take appropriate steps. Um, I worked a lot creating uh, manufacturing jobs. You know, that was my thing, trade manufacturing. And I, you know, I found myself um, when this um, so-called select committee was formed by Nancy Pelosi, um, an obvious partisan witch hunt, um, uh, when when they began putting out uh, their illegal subpoenas, um, I was put in a situation where the president, President Trump, invoked what's called executive privilege. And um, as I have said from the outset of this whole process, it's not my privilege to waive. And I, I, was, I was caught between the dispute between Congress and the White House, essentially. And the law, as I read it, clearly comes down um, on my side in this, in the sense that uh, executive privilege is go, it goes back to George Washington as something that's critical to effective presidential decision making. And ironically, the Department of Justice itself has over 50 years of policy and more than a dozen memoranda that support the idea that folks like me at the highest levels of the White House shouldn't be uh, forced by Congress uh, to come testify before them. So, <laughs> you know, it's a, that's the dispute. Um, it's it's going to be uh, settled now in, um, in a trial uh, down the road. But what was interesting... Uh, John, is that this This is, uh, it's a misdemeanor. It doesn't involve any fraud. Nobody's ever accused me of any violence, uh, particularly on Capitol Hill on January 6th. Uh, there's none of that going on. And the way this should have been handled was with what's called voluntary surrender. In other words, they issue the arrest warrant, they call me, and they say, uh, here, show up, show up, uh, in court and we'll we'll get this done right now instead of doing that they went the, the, the total went just they just went full metal jacket on me and the irony john is i sit here and talk to you i'm literally looking out the window at the fbi building my my the fbi building is literally a field goal uh away <laughs> wow i mean i could and i was an old field goal kicker in my in my um high school days and I could literally kick a field goal uh, that this is that's how close the FBI building is and so instead of um, doing the courtesy of calling me and say hey just voluntary surrender um, oh by the way we know you're going to Nashville on Friday to do a TV show maybe maybe it's okay to come in on Monday right that's kind of what they should have done right <laughs> they let me they, I eat breakfast, they, I get, get in an Uber, I get all the way to the airport, and I sit around for an hour waiting to get on the plane. And then when I, you know how people, you, you go in, you give the ticket, and you walk in the jetway there yep. between uh, the, the, the gate and the, and the, that's where you have five FBI agents armed to the teeth. Wow. <laughs> go after a 72-year-old guy who weighs 145 pounds. Um, and, yeah, it was, I mean, look, um, if you put yourself in my shoes, I, it's like handcuffs. Uh, they take me back to my home. Oh, except not my home, 40 yards away to the FBI. <laughs> Get fingerprinted. Then I, I wind up like 20 minutes later in this, like, dungeon at the courts um, in leg irons in a strip search. Well, that was kind of wow. fun. Yeah, yeah so the leg irons are kind of interesting. I, my, my, I, I joke now that it's it's like I'm hoping they were at least uh, made with American steel. You know, it's like me being the Buy American guy. Maybe the government bought some. 
made in America <laughs> leg guys but yeah they, they're like strips they strip searched me that was fun you know, wow. roped, and then they put these leg irons on the funny part was like these, these, the guard he was like a third my age nice guy but he's like walking down the hall to the cell right expecting me to follow at his pace and you, you, you can you know you can't you have no stride when you're in leg irons. You kind of like clunk along. And I'm going, what? what? And they stick me in a cell. Um, and they're proud of this somehow. Oh, John Hinckley was there when he shot President Reagan. Okay, great. It's like, okay, Navarro, the guy in the White House, saved lives, created jobs. And wow. For the Constitution is in the same cell as Hinckley. Now, I would be remiss at this point not mentioning uh, defendpeter.com defendpeter.com that's my uh, legal defense fund great and if your listeners uh, would would be moved by any of this just check it out now, just small donations but the punchline here is that John I've already had um, costs over $400,000 oh, so God this is like a million dollar for a misdemeanor, mind you. Oh, wow. It's a misdemeanor that comes with a two-year prison sentence, I might add. Um, so, you know, this is where this is where things stand. And, and what's interesting is that the only, the only two people going to trial for this um, are the two China Hawks from the White House, right. which, which I find interesting. That's well, right. You guys, like... Ben and I are the only two guys um, who ever got sanctioned by the Chinese Communist Party. They, they, they did it like four minutes into Biden swearing in. And we're also the only two guys that are threatened with prison terms from the U.S. Congress. So, you know, like strange bedfellows. <laughs> and, and Peter, <laughs> and, you wrote... And I'm not sure this is a coincidence. Yeah, well, and you wrote the book, and again, folks, speak with Peter Navarro, you wrote the book, Death by China, so that's not... I mean, people way, can... Way back when. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Peter, in... But, now, wait, one other thing, speaking go ahead. of books, just so folks kind of... Yeah, if you go to PeterNavarro.com, you can see all this, but... but uh, Taking Back Trump's America yes. is, is the new book I've written. It's available on Amazon, Taking Back Trump's America. And the reason, John, why it's important is that we're, we're now in a collapsing economy. Uh, I am the poster child for a two-tier system of justice where violent felons and Antifa people roam free while former White House advisors get uh, arrested and put in leg irons. Wow. And the Taking Back Trump's America book really is uh, the blueprint and battle cry to do two things. First, we've got to take back the Congress, the House of Representatives, from the Pelosiites. These people are out of control. Yep. Even as they weaponize the investigatory powers of Congress in an unconstitutional way, they are, by the way, destroying our economy. We've got to get them out of there. And then in 2024, we've got to get uh, Trumpism back in the White House. Just It just has to happen. Because I can tell you, I was there for four years. The policies we adopted created the best economy in modern history. And Biden and Pelosi and AOC and Schumer and Lion Adam Schiff and little Jamie Rack and all of those scumbags, and they are scumbags, have destroyed the U.S. economy, their frame, the democracy and political system, and they're high and mighty about it all. Yeah. So let's, you know, throw these rascals out. Folks, again, he is the one and only Peter Navarro. Peter, great to talk to you. I'm so sorry uh, that you had to go through that. But justice will prevail. You have a lot of fans out there. You also, by the way, you do a great job on Newsmax. Keep up the good work. Keep swinging. And uh, everyone's behind you, and we'll talk to you again. All right, my brother. You take care of yourself. Enjoy this, uh, this summer. Get down to Newport and sail and do something like that. <laughs> Thanks, Peter. All right, man. Bye. J. Perry Paving. Folks, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. They provide high-quality Fair pricing, exceptional service, over 20 years' experience, specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating patios, and much more. Call them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730.
J. Perry Paving. They are tremendous. They also, how about this, once a month, they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran. And remember, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, call J. Perry Paving for a free quote. It makes a huge difference in your property, in your home, in your driveway or patio. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. They're terrific. Hey, get that driveway paved. Call and book an appointment now, 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. Thing to the John DePietro Show, it's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Folks, visit the website. On the website, you'll see all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, Instagram, even TikTok. Plus, you if you want to reach me, that's the best way to do it. We have unique original stories videos contact log on right at the website dipetro.com home again consignment located governor francis shopping center fine furniture art antiques glassware jewelry buy sell or sell in consignment and estate sales are provided it's home again consignment call john 401-463-3310 again located right in warwick in the governor francis shopping center home again consignment folks you are listening to the john DePietro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website dipetro.com sign for our legal segment joining us right now one of our island's top attorneys he's our legal expert it is attorney tim dodd tim i'd like to start off the much anticipated tony silva former police chief in cumberland he's also ran the dmv he was Lieutenant Governor McKee's Chief of Staff. He was, for a short period of time, the Governor's Chief of Staff. Ran into some problems with some wetlands he was trying to develop. Uh, it was Governor McKee that kicked it to Attorney General Nerona to look into it. And to his credit, Attorney General Nerona issued, I thought, totally transparent. Here's what happened. Here's what we did. I think they talked to 19 people. And here's why Tony Silva's not going to be charged. Yes, it's a little unusual that um, Peter Nerona would come out with the results of an investigation. Most people who are looked at criminally don't get that sort of courtesy to have the AG essentially, I don't want to say clear the um, target of investigation publicly. Um, uh, Silva was cleared from a criminal um, exposure but certainly um, Peter Nerona's report um, really castigated Silva's conduct in a number of ways, um, uh, noting that Silva uh, pushed um, through his weight around, I think was one of the expressions um, that he br- tried to bring pressure to bear, um, things that saved uh, Silva from a potential criminal prosecution included that a lot of the pressure that he was putting on uh, DEM officials occurred while um, the governor, Governor McKee, was still lieutenant governor. And as lieutenant governor, would not have had any direct control or influence over DEM. Uh, Further, um, I guess in speaking to everyone that was contacted, there was no suggestion that um, Silva attempted to extort anybody or to bribe anybody um, in order to get the result that he was looking for, was, which was to get clearance to build um, a house on a lot which was largely considered wet and unbuildable. Um, did he use his influence or did he attempt to use his influence? Of course he did. Um, but Nerona uh, concluded that the conduct, although you know, not very flattering, did not rise to the level of criminality. It, it almost reminded me of when James Comey came out on the Hillary report yep. and, you know, saved her saying, well, was she negligent, you know, using all sorts of words, any other words than the words that were in the statute at that time to avoid um, 
ringing the bell in terms of the definitional section of um, federal statute that Hillary could have been seen to have violated, it seemed like Nerona kind of bent over backwards to try to say what um, uh, Silva, Tony Silva did was, uh, you know, throwing his weight around, um, exerting a lot of pressure. But a lot of it phone calls. A lot of phone calls, but it yeah. didn't rise to the level of criminality. Um, did politics play any role in the decision that Nerona made? Um, one can always think that would be part of the case, but whatever the public thinks of Peter Nerona, he's always struck me as a pretty straight shooter. So I think yeah. that his conclusion, uh, based upon his investigation, is the right one. Uh, Silva smartly has said nothing. The governor said, yes, what Nerona found is what I suspected all along, that there was no crime here. And the case is closed. Well, the governor might think it's closed, but I'm sure it'll still be election fodder for his yeah. opponents going forward. But Tim Dodd, Peter Nerona, also uh, Attorney General Nerona, basically said it didn't meet the states, I believe, meet the burden. All they're looking for is was a crime was committed. Uh, you know, here's Silva running around. He wants to meet with the mayor of Cumberland, and it has nothing to do with really town business. It's this personal issue. All these calls to the DEM, you know, it's kind of working its way through the, the chain. People are aware of it. High-level people at DEM are aware of this. Again, it has nothing to do with anything in his his job as chief of staff to lieutenant governor, or for that matter, the governor. It's all this personal business. But what may have crossed the line, because Nerona, I believe he said in, in the report that it just didn't fully meet the burden of, you know, what, what we describe as, as extortion or bribery. What what could have or would have had to have trans, transpired in order to maybe in this scenario within it, it maybe would have met that burden? Making up a hypothetical, nothing that's reality, but just yeah. hypotheticals. If Silva had called the DEM people and said, listen, if you don't help me out on this thing, you know, those two new positions you're looking to have filled, that might get jammed up this year. Maybe you're not going to get it. Maybe okay. you're going to have your budget cut, yeah. you know financial repercussions, staffing repercussions. Um, I don't think Silva would be so foolish as to be so blatant to do something like that, but where there'd be a quid pro quo or essentially a threat um, extorting, saying, if you don't give me what I want, it's going to cost you in terms of manpower or uh, finances. So that could have led to something. And, you know, in addition to the Nerona uh, investigation and now report, correct me if I'm wrong, but my re recollection is that the uh, Ethics Commission didn't find any correct any cause either. So yep. now you've got the Ethics Commission saying, this doesn't look great, but it doesn't violate the ethics rules that we've got yeah. in the state. And Nerona said, this doesn't look great, but he really hasn't violated any law. He doesn't come, Silva certainly doesn't walk away from this with high praise, I mean, it's everyone's looking at him with a jaundiced eye saying, what were you doing here? This this didn't seem right. You were pushing yeah. your weight around. You were doing a lot of things and making a lot of calls and bringing a lot of pressure to bear. So he doesn't come out of this looking great. He just doesn't come out of this looking um, charged with a crime. Tim Dodd, it, it, it's kind of reminiscent of, remember the old CNC line, the toe you step on today is connected to the ash you may have to kiss tomorrow. With the university club, <laughs> Because they wouldn't let him be a member, you know, apparently the allegations were he was holding up this expansion remodel they wanted to do. They go and meet with him. They tell him, guess what, uh, Alan Del Piso, we're going to give you a, a lifetime membership for life, not just for the mayor, for you. And, and you know, in hindsight, it's too bad he accepted it because that almost kind of cemented the deal that, that it intimated there was a quid pro quo. Yes, that's exactly yeah. right. That's a that's a good analogy. And, okay. you know, that's the sort of so many politicians or other public officials get jammed up on yeah. little things like yep. a little stupid house lot, a little stupid membership to a yeah. private dining club. Right. Those are the things that get you jammed up instead of like big picture items. It's astonishing that it happens over and over again. Yeah. Now, Tim Dodd, while we on this, on Friday night, uh, Channel 12 WPRI, they broke the story that speaking of the University Club in Plunderdome, 
that they have been subpoenaed for some information. They wouldn't get into exactly what it has to do with uh, involving Governor McKee and the, quote, FBI probe involving his dealing with the, the ILO group. Um, I believe one of the members involved with the ILO group, now defunct, I believe, uh, is a member, was a member, of, excuse me, of the university club. Is, is that the type of thing, Tim Dodd, that maybe, you know, if someone says, just as an example, I think we met on such and such a night, that's where we met, have dinner, discuss it. Is this all part of, you know, they, they want to go through and thread the needle and make sure that when that person claims, just as an example, you know, we had a meeting there, they maybe even get the surveillance tape. Okay, there they are. They're meeting. It's just the three of them like this person said, they're sitting at the table. Okay, they said they were an hour. They were there an hour. Is this, uh, I mean, because there's no reason to believe that the university club is somehow mixed up in this. No, not at all. I, I, I think that it's simply corroboration. If okay. a potential witness says, you know, the four of us had dinner at the U Club on such and such a date, yep. you know, good good investigative work would say, oh, let's make sure that's true. Let's make sure that, you know, that's a fact that we can back up yep. with independent verification. Um Many times, you know, defendants, and again, always suggest that if you're the target or if some cops want you to come in to speak, don't do it. People come in and they say, oh, no, I, I was here. I was at this location. They come up with a story. The cops go out and they vet that information to see if it's true. And it's not true. And oh. now they've got the guy lying to the police, making a false statement. And, you know, the thing can expand from there. Um People think they can lie to cops all the time. Now, I'm not Ooh. suggesting that's happening with this ILO investigation, but the cops have to verify the accuracy of the information they're getting. If it's accurate, good. They put it in the facts that they can back up. If it's not accurate, then they go back to this person who gave the information and press a little harder. You know, why would you tell us this? You know, right. is, is your recollection any better today than it was a couple of weeks ago? And, you know, press that person for their truthfulness and credibility. Tim, before we take a break, is that also something that can also determine, you know, if they're interviewing someone and they say A, B, and C, and it's A, B, and C pan out exactly, compared with someone else that, you know, A doesn't pan out exactly, B does not pan out, and C is nowhere clear. Does that somehow affect how they might handle someone in an investigation? Well, sure, because if they're getting lots of disparate stories from witnesses who all claim to have been involved perhaps in the same event or events, you know, if the cops are learning different versions of reality, you can be sure that if charges were filed criminally, let's say, defense counsel would soon figure out that there's a number of different stories that don't hang together. Yeah. You know, that's the type of thing that can create reasonable doubt. Folks, we're going to take a, a quick break. Much more. Legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePietro Show. The Senadale Revival. Stop it and see them. Comfort food and cocktails. You're going to love the Senadale Revival, located 2025 Smith Street, North Providence, right in Senadale, right across from North Providence Town Hall, Delicious food, delicious drinks, live entertainment on the weekends. Shane and his crew, they're waiting for you. A great time is going to be had by all at the Senadale Revival, 2025 Smith Street in North Providence. We're speaking with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, this headline, Prosecutor warns Georgia officials they may face charges in, in Trump inquiry. This seemingly caught some people off guard, and this, this still has not gone away from what was happening after the 2020 election. No, and it's not going to go away till the 2024 election. I yeah. mean, they're going to keep it going everywhere they can. Um, I'm not sure if the um, threats or the warnings that they could be dragged into um, potential criminal prosecution is meritorious, but most folks don't really follow the story. They read the headline. Yeah. And they say, oh, there's more Republican shenanigans going on, manipulating, you know, votes in um, the state of Georgia. Um, or there's lots of allegations about, you know, the um, electors, which were allegedly um, either properly in place to go to the Electoral College or 
improper, fraudulent electors. Um, there's lots of litigation about that. Um, it's good headline. Uh, it did catch people off guard. I just don't know how much substance there is to the story. Yeah. Um, it does make for a great headline. I mean, look at, uh, I don't want to veer off, but look at January 6th. I mean, yeah. the headlines, you have people talking about hearsay upon hearsay upon yeah. hearsay, things that would never get into a courtroom, never be right. heard by a jury. They're talked about ad nauseum in front of this very biased committee and the media dutifully reports on it. But now Trump's attorney was in front of the committee last week, Pat Sipalone. He goes in. Oh, we got to do this one behind closed doors. Yeah. Oh, there'll be a transcript. We'll be letting the transcript out. Nothing. Crickets. Why? I mean, when, when they get a witness who's going to say, negative things regarding the Trump administration or the events of January 6th. It's a very splashy headline. Yeah. Um, but there's other witnesses who have testified and the public has no idea what they've testified, That's no right. idea what they've been asked, no idea what they've been answered. Um, and it's completely manipulated by the committee members. So was this a perfect was this a perfect day of January sixth? No. You know, people were injured, people died. There's a lots of negative repercussions, but I would really like to have seen a more judicious, um, appropriately investigated um, sure. panel. Not not what they've created. It's yeah. it's it's just it, it's not an even-handed situation. You've got oh. one side doing everything and spinning yep. things, and the other side has no voice, no ability to do anything. So Speaking it is of what headlines, it is. 25 license plate cameras are set to start taking photos of cars. Tim Dodd, is this the type of thing the public should be somewhat concerned about? I think so. I mean, I understand yeah. why cops say they want it. You know, they installed them about a year ago in Cranston. I think they did one camera was on, I think, Broad Street in Edgewood. There's a few others. And it's like, oh, no, no, it's, you know, not for any nefarious person purpose. But they're racking up information every minute of every day regarding every vehicle that passes these cameras how is that information being stored for how yep. long is it stored right. is it endless does it you know is it something where if nothing happens within a 24 hour period it gets taped over if you will i don't think that's the case because they might be looking at a crime from 4 months ago and say let's see if you know this vehicle passed this location sure um, it's too big brotherish for me. I, yeah. If it was used appropriately, fine, but nothing is ever used appropriately. Everything gets abused in, of this nature. So in my view, hopefully the ACLU challenges it in some form or fashion because it's the kind of big brother thing that should make people very, very, very nervous. And Tim Dunn, finally, the correctional officer pled not guilty in the death of the inmate. Um, granted, procedural, but still... This is definitely out of the norm. Um, is this this is going to take some time to work work its way through this case? Yes, I mean this is this this kind of, a little bit reminds me of Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. Epstein was under alleged suicide watch. He had yep. two guards, which were supposed to check in on him every twenty minutes. There was a video that's supposed to capture everything that happened in that cell where Epstein was miraculously the video camera wasn't working and the um, correctional officers didn't check on him every 20 minutes. So apparently they were taking a nap for some of the time. I don't believe they've been charged criminally in this case. Um, this correctional officer was supposed to be keeping tabs on an inmate who was, I believe on a similar suicide watch. They had him stripped in his cell so that he couldn't use his clothing to, I guess, try to hang himself or something like that. But he did have a mask because of COVID protocols and he wound up swallowing or doing something with the mask um, to asphyxiate himself. Now, because the cop was, because the correctional officer, excuse me, was deemed to have been negligent in supervising and overseeing this inmate who was a known suicide risk, he's being charged with involuntary manslaughter 
I'm not sure that the charge will be sustainable. Um, you know, I'm certain that there's video from everything that's happened in the prison on the day in question. And it will be a lot of seeing exactly what this um, prison guard was doing when he was, a, 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 the allegation is he should have been doing something different. Um, you know, was it simply negligence or does it become gross negligence, which gets you into the realm where you can be charged criminally? I think oh. it's going to be a tough case for the prosecutors. Yeah, that is a tough one. Folks, he is our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, great job as always. Stay safe and we'll talk to you again. Thanks, John. You too. Take care. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401 401- 439-6028 Yankee Tree Service YankeeTreeService.com What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming Experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal since 2006 and also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today 439-6028 439-6028 Whether it's tree removal stump grinding, tree pruning emergency service bucket truck at service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps yankee tree service they provide stump grinding enjoy your landscape without the eyesore as far as pruning well let them get up there oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down at yankee tree service their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best the treatment plan for your tree and maybe it's an emergency service did something come down call them today 439-6028 439-6028 if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, dePietro.com. Folks, visit the website. On the website, you'll see all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, Instagram, even TikTok. Plus, you if you want to reach me, that's the best way to do it. We have unique, original stories, videos, content. Log on right at the website, dePietro.com. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn.